Ashley Brock reading Laura Griffin's book, Unforgivable, Chapter 27. Jonah hovered over the crime scene tech as he swabbed a tiny brown dot on the baseboard. Blood? Well, no soon. Could be more of the paint, but... But, Jonah Pro, I think it's blood based on the splatter pattern. Well... Well, looky here. Jonah shifted his center to the computer examiner, who was busy pecking away on Kurt Lane's laptop. This guy likes the rough stuff, she said. Listen to these sites. Housepain.com. Hurts so good. Beauty and the Beast. Ick. She made a face. I'm pretty sure I don't want to see that one. The Coyote Lounge. Jonah walked to the coffee table and peered over her shoulder. She said, the Coyote Lounge. Yep. That one looks like a nightclub, though. Jonah skimmed the list of sites and lanes, browsing history, and went back to the most recent one. Gail's Garage. He said, isn't that a nightclub in Austin? I think so. Click on it, he said. Are you sure you do it? She clicked on a link in a website for the nightclub, filled the screen. Jonah honed in on the words. On stage Saturday, right above a publicity photo of a beautiful blonde, his stomach pulling. Holy shit! Sophie put the fish and ink touches on her lipstick and surveyed the results in a rearview mirror. Her makeup looked good tonight, so did her hair. If only it would stay that way. She gave it one last fluff before grabbing the umbrella off the seat beside her. Shovin opened the door and stepped down from the Tahoe, right into a puddle. Damn it! She hissed. She wore boots tonight, luckily, but there weren't exactly Timberlands, and she could already feel cold water seeping between her toes as she walked around the tailgate and gathered up her CDs. Need a hand? She jumped and whirled around. A man in a baseball cap stepped out from behind two cars and smiled at her. I'm fine, actually. She hitched her purse up on her shoulder and tried to balance the umbrella over her head as she pulled the box of CDs from the cargo space. <laughs> Is that everything? Put his hand on the door and needed, nodded inside. Um, uh, she looked nervously around the parking lot. It was early, so the place was still fairly empty. I think so. He closed the door and then smiled again as he casually took the box of CDs from her arms. He insists... Her instincts was to cling to it, but she didn't want to seem rude. <laughs> And she also wasn't eager to drop the umbrella shielding her hair from rain, from ruin. Raindrops dampened the shoulders of his tweed sport coat. He smiled again, and her weariness melted. He had a clean-cut look about him and an expensive watch. Thanks, she said. We can go inside through the back here. I'm performing tonight, so I've kind of got VIP access. She let him past the loading dock that smelled like vomit, which underscored what VIP meant there at Gil's garage. The place was a dive. Uh, is this all your music? Yep, she smiled again as they knew the door. I go on at nine. Hope you'll stay for the show. Buy a few CDs. He veered left toward the corner of the building. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. We can go back here. It's actually unlocked, so. Ew, it's okay. We can go back here. It's actually unlocked, so. She stopped as he kept going toward a row of cars. Just need to get something out of my car. She watched him uneasily. Surely he wasn't going to take off with all her CDs. She stared after him. You know, I can take it from here, really no problem. Tailgates blinked on a black car, and then the trunk popped open. He dropped the box inside. She opened her mouth to protest, and her gaze landed on the bumper sticker. Understanding Dawn. She took a step back, and he lunged toward her. Rick pulled right up to the sidewalk and sprinted up the steps to the lab entrance with his gun drawn. The door was locked, as expected, and Rick practically vibrated with impatience as he waited for the guard from the gatehouse to pull his cruiser up and join him at the door. 
Tried Ralph on the radio just now, the man said, lumbering up the stairs. He didn't answer. Is that unusual? The guard looked. Ralph always answers. He finally reached the door and swiped his ID card to open it. I noticed my, notified my supervisor, and he's on his way over. You're to wait in the lobby until he gets here, and he'll, occupy, he'll accompany you to locate Dr. Ross. Not happening. Rick plucked the ID card from the guard's hand and took off from the elevator. Hey, you can't row around without an escort. Guess you'll have to show me. Rick tossed back as he got into the elevator. He swept the card against the security panel and jabbed the button for the ballistics floor, which, to his relief, lit up green. As the door slid shut, he heard the guard yelling at someone over the phone. Door was open and Rick ran down the hallway, but he didn't see Mia. The ballistics lab was shut down. He used the guard's ID card to open it. Mia! Silence answered him, and his heart rate took another leap. Where had she gone? Why hadn't she answered the phone? He called her for the third time in five minutes as he sprinted back down the hallway. The other side of the floor contained the database room, according to the sign posted near the elevator. Rick checked inside, but again, nothing. Panic tightened his chest as he rode the elevator back up the lobby. Was she hiding somewhere? Maybe she turned her phone off so no one would hear her. She had to be hiding. The alternative terrified him. The doors parted, and he rushed back to the lobby. He needed that control room. Checking the security cams would be faster than going in each room. But where the hell was it? He searched Sophie's desk, hoping maybe she had a map or something to guide visitors. Rick heard a commotion down the hallway and ran toward it. Light spilled out from an open door, and he recognized the security guard's agitated voice. Inside the room, a desk faced a giant video screen that had been divided in squares. The control room. We need an ambulance! The guard barked into his phone as he kneeled beside Ralph. The big man was bound and gagged with duct tape and sported a baseball-sized bump on the back of his head. Rick dropped his knee to his knees and ripped the tape off his mouth as the other guard worked on the bindings with the parasites. Where's Mayor Voss? Ralph wheezed and coughed and shook his head. Rick pounded him on the back, and his attention went to the video screen. It was a 5 by 5 matrix of every changing camera images displaying feed from all over the compound. The words Premier Breach blinked under one of the squares. The view above showed the razor wire top fence that surrounded the compound. An alarm sounded. More words flashed on the other side of the matrix. Unauthorized exit, southwest door. Rick watched the screen as a shadow disappeared through a doorway. Mia! He turned to the Southwest door. Where is that? Just past Ralph Coffey, the evidence room. Rick jumped to his feet and looked one last time at the grainy video image. A man in a ski mask stepped into view. Rick's world tilted as the man yanked open the door and darted out after Mia. End of chapter 27.